Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to start no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chad, throw the match. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Blazer season is officially under the way. Un- under the way is officially underway, and Blazers had a setback last night up in Seattle, but it was a cool environment to have basketball back in the Emerald City, and a man that, that resides up there and uh, covers the NBA for ESPN uh, is Kevin Pelton, and he's kind enough to join us now. Kevin, thank you for taking a few minutes for us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's very exciting to get a uh, rare home game to, to see two <laughs> NBA teams last night. Yeah, well, I mean, what was it like being up there and seeing kind of the energy back in the building? I know that uh, Steve Ballmer did everything he could to get the crowd <laughs> the crowd worked up into a lather before the game, but just kind of the energy around Climate Pledge Arena and being having the NBA back in Seattle. It was awesome, and I think it was interesting to contrast because we had a preseason game is the last event at Key Arena before they began the – you know, extensive, extensive renovation, the complete makeover that's resulted in Climate Pledge Arena. And I think that one was much more about kind of remembering what had happened there with the Sonics prior to the move. And this one, I feel, is a lot more about, you know, the excitement about what's going to happen, where it, it now looks inevitable that at some point that the NBA is going to expand probably to Seattle and Las Vegas. And, you know, it's not as, as soon as I certainly would hope or the rest of the people here in, the, in Seattle, but, uh, you know, it, it's no longer, I think, a question of if. It's much more a question of when. KB, uh, the, outside of the return of basketball to Seattle and, uh, the environment and everything else. You had the return of Kawhi Leonard and, and Damian Lillard last night. From uh, a neutral standpoint, how did you think two faces of the NBA making the return? Uh, not necessarily box score, but just how do, how do you felt they looked? Because the national narrative around both Damian and Kawhi has been kind of scattered um, as it pertains to their injuries. 
I feel like they looked like themselves, and that was part of the exciting element of last night's game. Also, John Wall, his first mm-hmm. game, it wasn't an injury, but hadn't played all of last season. You know, Kawhi, it feels a lot longer because, you know, that was all the way back in June 2021, six months before Dame's last game, before his, uh, you know, abdominal surgery. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting, something that, you know, I think you brought up post game that we saw Dame playing much more off ball, which was maybe a bigger change than anything physically we saw for him, but definitely great to hear post game that he felt good, didn't, didn't notice the injury at all, wasn't thinking about it. And then Kawhi, you know, he's still got that power game, the skill, all of that is still there. And, and he started the game in fashion. Dave kind of started out slow, missed his first four shots. Kawhi was opposite, hits a three on the opening possession. It's like, okay, he's back. <laughs> We're talking with Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA writer. You know, this is uh, something that as the preseason gets underway, it's always a lot of apprehension. Danny is trying to convince me that preseason basketball in the NBA is very meaningful. And he's actually doing a decent enough job at it uh, without going too over the top about the things that you can that you can glean off of a preseason game. What did you take away from the first look at this new-look Blazers team, though? Because it's maybe a little bit different, uh, changing and evolving role for Damian Lillard, but there's so many different pieces uh, and athletic pieces that they're surrounding him with. For sure. I mean, Jeremy Grant, very impressive at the defensive end last night. I think one of the questions I've always had about Jeremy Grant is, you know, as well as he is regarded defensively and as athletic as he is, it hasn't necessarily always translated into super high rates of steals and blocks. So that's something I'd like to see in Portland. And the blocks element of that was uh, there in full force in his debut. So that was, that was very encouraging. I, I thought one of the other interesting things is that Portland, you know, pretty much tried to switch everything in this matchup. And, you know, that resulted in the Clippers off and attacking Anthony Simons one-on-one. And Chauncey Billups said post-game kind of, kind of his logic was, well, Kawhi is going to take those kind of shots if you're matching, if you're switching Simons on him against anybody. And it's not like even the best defenders can do much to alter those shots. We're willing to kind of live with, you know, the fact that they're going at Ant uh, for what else it does defensively and in the way that it kind of forces them into a one-on-one style of play, which, you know, I thought was an interesting thing. But that's that's going to be something I'm going to be watching. That's something they continue on into the regular season because, you know, with Simons out there in the backcourt of one side, Lillard, with Yusuf Nurkic, it's not a, a per, you know, personnel group with the starting five that screams switchability to me, but uh, that may be something they try. All right. Uh, one of the things, Kevin, that is everybody in Portland is, is still kind of on pins and needles about is, is Shaden Sharp. Uh, the rookie makes his debut really after, you know, five and a half minutes in summer league and has the separated shoulder. Uh, he gets on the floor. Uh, what was your, your first impressions and, and kind of, I, I know it's hard to glean a lot from what he did last night, but just initial takeaways of, of how he at least looked to you in his first real game. Well, it was funny. I was sitting uh, two seats down from John Hollinger at the Athletic, uh, apart from the Portland media. We were on kind of the Clippers' side, and, you know, we were going back and forth about, are we going to ever see Shadon actually get the ball on offense? He, I don't think he did his entire first stint in the first half, and then for a while when he came back in. But, you know, then he seemed to settle down. You know, John C. Phillips mentioned postgame, kind of the game slowing down, thinking a lot out there. And then we saw that incredible athleticism that helps explain why Portland was so excited to draft him in the lottery, uh, the block that you know everyone went gaga about uh, you know getting way off the ground and then just making plays vertically around the basket at both ends so you know I think look it, it's going to take some time I, I I think we should temper expectations I know everyone's very excited about Shadon at this point of training camp but you know a rookie with 
as little high-level experience as he has. We saw it a couple of years ago with James Wiseman, who, you know, he played three games at Memphis, which is three more than Shadon played in college mm-hmm. before arriving in the NBA. It's an adjustment to get up to speed on a team that is hoping to, you know, contend. It isn't, you know, kind of at a rebuilding stage that a lot of teams in the lottery are. So, you know, I think temper expectations for this year, but, you know, long-term haven't, haven't seen any reason not to be excited about Shadon Sharp. Okay, I've got so you mentioned contenders in my mind can't go anywhere except for the Phoenix Suns losing to the 36ers of the NBL. I, and I was looking the Oklahoma City Thunder play them. Could they could the 36ers of the NBL go 2 and 0 against NBA teams in their in preseason basketball? Oh, I didn't realize that. That is that does seem plausible. I mean, it, certainly if they shoot the ball the way that they did on Sunday night, they made twenty four three pointers and were just, you know, knocking down shot after shot. I said this may the the Phoenix broadcasters as I was watching the second half of that game. I I think because of that, you don't want to read too much into it, but it it, it is still not a great sign. I mean, one of the reasons. You know, I was thinking about this during the game. We often called it NBA a make-or-miss league. And really, to some extent, it's a make-or-miss sport. But the reason it's most evident in the NBA is because you don't necessarily have the wide gaps in talent that you see at amateur levels and you know, maybe leagues elsewhere across the, the globe. So when, you know, the, the often what that means is, you know, you can sometimes overcome that kind of shooting disadvantage with your other abilities. And the fact that Phoenix couldn't do that against Adelaide certainly is a little concern on top of the bad vibes that already seem to be there with Robert Sarver's suspension and decision to sell the team and with DeAndre Ayton's restricted free agency and the Game 7 loss to Dallas. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the vibes feel eerily familiar. Uh, one of the things that always is interesting is uh, around the NBA is uh, new faces in different places. But for the Trailblazers, one of the most important faces is a familiar face, and Anthony Simon stepping into a role for C.J. McCollum, playing on and off ball. Box score-wise, you know, if it ended up 2-for-12, what was your takeaway as kind of how he looked as his running mate after watching Dame alongside C.J. McCollum for so long? I think it's going to be a pretty comfortable fit. You know, certainly there there was moments where we saw the two of those guys together. It's just a little different because now Simon's is a more equal partner, I think, in that than you know, like CJ McCollum was than you know earlier in his career. Uh, I I don't worry about the two for twelve. He got some great looks. I think there was you know one of the first one or two possessions. Dame sets him up for a wide open catch and shoot three. We know Anthony Simon's track record on those kind of shots the last two seasons. He, he's going to make those comfortably. I think the big questions are going to be at the defensive end, as we talked about earlier, because teams are going to target him. And what's interesting last night that, you know, Simons was the one playing off ball, and, and Dame instead was kind of playing on Nico Batum, who was, you know, nominally the Clippers' power forward to start the game. I think Robert Covington, he was on Robert Covington at, at one point when Covington may have nominally been the Clippers' center, which is kind of fascinating cross matching that we're how small the Clippers play and and you know just uh, trying to get Dame out of those pick and rolls so that was interesting but then the other question I have that we didn't get answered at all last night because Gary Payton the second is still coming back from his own abdominal surgery is you know there's going to be a lot of minutes with those two guys still individually and GP2 now is the the partner for both of them in the backcourt. One of our biggest questions that we have here in Portland is Still about, you know, Chauncey Billups. We gave him a big incomplete over what happened last year because of, you know, all all the drama that surrounded, and then they shut everybody down. And it was it was hard to tell the coach of Chauncey Billups 
as we head into year two with him. Um, what do you? How do you feel about Chauncey and kind of finding his feet as a head coach in the NBA? Yeah, I think this year is going to be a much better test because, you know, setting aside the injuries, it's also a roster that is much more built to the way that he wants to play than, you know, the old group was. That that team was built for Terry Stotts, who has a kind of different philosophy about the game. And like everybody else, I was really encouraged by those handful of games where you had Josh Hart and Justice Winslow out there and, and Simons and Nurkic. And, you know, before they started shutting players down after the All-Star break, we saw that group that seemed much more like Chauncey Phillips' kind of guys have some success playing a very different, more frenetic style. And, you know, Gary Payton II is the more kiosk-season position this year, along with Jeremy Grant. They fit right into that. Uh, so I, I think this roster is built for Chauncey Phillips, and this is the year we're going to learn whether he can kind of get more out of a similar style of group. All right, Kevin. I know you get killed for this every year because you <laughs> – you run your your simulations, you run your your numbers, and there's always somebody very mad about what the numbers project based on uh, the, the analytics models. You had Portland, I shouldn't say you, the analytics had Portland as 10th in the West and averaging 36.6 wins. It had the Warriors, I believe it was at 42.6 and 8th in the West. Explain why things look the way they look when, they're, when it comes to modeling. Yeah, Portland, I think the, the actual win total came out a little lower than I think. Uh, you know, I was on the low post today and said I'd take the over on the Blazers, even though they were one of the more difficult calls for me to make because I think that's a pretty fair line for them. Golden State, uh, I think it's a product of you have these couple of years where they didn't look very much on the court like they did last season, and that's still reflected in a lot of the statistics because the best predictions utilize performance over the last three years, not just the most recent season. So someone like Draymond Green, who wasn't as motivated when the team wasn't a championship contender, that kind of is still showing up in his statistics. And you know, certainly for some of the younger guys, James Wiseman, who was – there and it didn't really quite fit in as a rookie he's still getting projected based on that because he didn't play last season so you know i think pretty much you know the majority of models that are going to be based on these statistical techniques that again are do the best job at projecting all 30 teams they're not necessarily what's going to do the best job projecting this year's golden state warriors so i i'm much more confident in them than that but uh i think some other projections will eventually roll out that look pretty similar and it won't seem quite as uh, unique or as much of an outlier as it does right now. The one thing I will say is, you know, part of the issue here for the Warriors is one of the guys who made that difference with them last season and just shined in terms of his adjusted plus minus when he was on the court versus off the court was Gary Payton the second. So that's, you know, kind of an exciting prospect for the Blazers. Go give him a follow on Twitter at K Pelton. Find his work at ESPN, ESPN.com. It is Kevin Pelton. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. And now uh, you get a little bit of time. Hopefully you can enjoy a Mariners wild card weekend um, this weekend and maybe even a home game in the divisional round if they get past it. Yeah, I got tickets for game four of the division series. So very much hoping they get there. Home, babe. <laughs> there it is, man. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it, Kevin. All right, thanks for having me. There he is, Kevin Pelton. Hey, uh, there's some bright spots, some signs of optimism. Listen, KP is about as level-headed as it comes. And again, my excitement is not this team's going to win the title or this team's even a lock to make the playoffs. It's just going to be more fun. Yeah. 
and it makes more sense going forward. Yeah. That's really been my biggest criticism of what they had was they, they tried to sell you something that it wasn't. They are not doing that with this team, and it makes more sense now. And all of a sudden, there's paths that were there that were not there a year ago. Well, that's great to have, and it's great to have a little bit of honesty from your front office, too. It's weird how that works. Weird, huh? Uh, By the way, the Adelaide 36ers 36ers. of the NBL, Uh uh, the leading score in that game where they beat the Phoenix Suns, do you know who it was? No. Craig Randall II. Oh, uh, that would be Portland Trailblazers summer league champion Craig Randall the second. Wow! Huh? He lit up. He lit Renters up. The, everywhere. He lit up the Suns for thirty-five points in that win for the NBDL. Look, they're going to play the Thunder, and the Thunder are going to be on the second of a back-to-back. Yeah, and you got no Chet. <laughs> Shea probably not going to play. Two and zero against NBA. No, Shea, teams. Shea's not going to play because Shea's Shea's nicked up too. Yeah, they could, and it's the second of a back-to-back in the preseason. Watch out now. You've got Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. There's two Jalen Williams that's playing for the Thunder now. Oh, my goodness. So, All right. That's what you're looking for. All right, uh, big thanks to Kevin Pelton for joining us. Uh, that was great stuff all, all the way around. He also gave me a little bit of hell because this time it's not me that has to make the drive home is what he said because normally he comes down yeah. here and he drives home immediately after. Yeah, and that's what you had to do. Yes. All right. <clears throat> right now. Who are the two best teams in the Pac-12? Danny does. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 
All right, we are uh, near the halfway pole of the college football season. After this week, we'll be halfway done with college football. Isn't that sad? That was quick. Right? A little too quick for me. That's what she said. hey um, But as we sit at the halfway pole, we got an interesting year in the Pac-12. We, it's, a, it's a different year than it really has been since the Pac-10 became the Pac-12 in that no divisions means that the two best teams in the conference are going to be the ones that get the nod for the conference championship game. Oh. Even though the conference did nothing to change its scheduling model. Still the same. <sighs> Just. Why? Come on. She probably, would, she probably should have figured that one out first, guys. Change the scheduling model so you don't have the North Division teams playing the North Division. South teams still playing the South Division with your dumb little crossovers. You need to have a different scheduling model if you're just going to say, you know what, divisions don't matter anymore. Yeah, the cross-pollination is probably a little more <laughs> indicative of a uh, non-division model. But, you know, what do I know? But it changes the way we think about the race for the Pac-12 title game uh, because it truly does. It comes down to conference win-loss record and then where, you, where you're ranked, my God. You'll get there. Right now, uh, we have four teams that are currently unbeaten in Pac-12 play. Number six, USC. Number 11, Utah. Mm -hmm. Number 12, Oregon. And number 18, UCLA. They are the four unbeatens in conference play, just uh, two games into conference play. USC's played three games uh, because they have to play Notre Dame at the back end Mm -hmm. of the schedule. Which, that, and another one, that may or may not have a massive implication into the Pac-12 championship game. Because if they're just running away with the league and they're undefeated in league play... They can lose that game against Notre Dame, which I don't see that happening with the way Notre Dame's playing right now, and it means nothing. But they could have, if if it's a tiebreaker, their ranking could come into play (laughs) if head-to-heads don't. So So dumb. Yep. What we could have here, uh, and here's the question. As of right now, which two teams do you think are going to be in the Pac-12 title game? Who are the two best teams in the Pac-12 right now? Now, because right behind them, only one game out is Washington State, Cal, UW, and Arizona, which each have uh, one loss in conference play. I think the most complete team right now is Utah. <clears throat> yeah. I think they're the most complete team. They, Oregon got blitzed in week one. There was no... No doubt about it. Utah stepped on rakes. Yeah. I, I, they, I, they had a chance. They were on the they, goal line. They should win it. Yeah, they should have won that game by two scores. So as much as you have to win the game, I get that. But they should have won that game. Yep. They they had that game in control, and they. I don't think Florida took it from them. I think they lost that game. Mm. Then it becomes down to Oregon and USC. Yeah, I, and I, I, I trust USC's offense more than any other offense in the country right now. I I, mm-hmm. I know the Oregon State game, blah, blah blah. USC just has too much. They have a Heisman quarterback. They have an incredible stall of running backs. They have the best wide receiver in the country, and they've got three wide receivers that are stellar. Yeah, Oregon though they have what might be the best offensive line in the country. Yes, Nix is infinitely better than he was week one. Mm-hmm. I don't trust their wide receivers or running backs necessarily in the same way, but because their offensive line is so good, it allows them to explore different things. Yeah, and defensively, USC still dallying with stuff. The 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 coin flip for me is probably as I lean towards number one quarterback play. Caleb Williams is better than than Bo Nix, mm-hmm. and two, I like that USC forces the turnovers more than Oregon. Oregon has struggled in that in that vein. This is going to be fascinating to me because you know we could talk about the 
the dynamics and how all these teams match up against one another. But the reality of it is when it comes down to this, schedule matters a ton. And Oregon has got really three games left on their schedule where we will truly find out what kind of team they are, and Mm -hmm. they're going to all be at home. UCLA on October 22nd, uh, Washington on November 12th, Utah November 19th. You get all of those games at home. Your road remaining road games, and they're not going to be easy. And this week, as we dive into this this matchup with Arizona, it is tormented. Oregon, the city of Tucson, Arizona Stadium has been a house of horrors for the Ducks. And they have to go there. They have to go to Berkeley, which has also been a place that they've struggled in in years past. They go to Colorado and Oregon State. They get their tough ones at home. But over the next two weeks, we will find out the true shape of the Pac-12. And I think this is why it's really interesting to to talk about this now because I look at I, I would not be stunned whatsoever if the two teams we've seen in the Pac-12 title be Utah and USC. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have over the next two games, USC host Washington State, and then at Utah, and then go to Utah. UCLA has Utah this week, a bye, and then that trip to Oregon. And Oregon and US, UCLA both match up their buys mm-hmm. on the 15th, and they get each other. And Utah, over the next couple of weeks, they have UCLA in the Rose Bowl this week, and then they have USC at home. And then they have Washington State at the very end of that in Pullman. Like that is a we're going to find out about that's the, a tricky three yeah. games for them. The the the, the next two weeks we are going to find out basically or next three weeks we're going to find out about everything we need to know about those four teams. No doubt about it, and that's where all of this is going to get even trickier because look, I mentioned those four teams and which one's the best because those are the ones that are unbeaten. The next three weeks, Washington State, Washington, they could all find themselves right back in the center of that conversation as uh, being viable teams for conference championships because one loss. In this conference, the Pac-12 is better this year. The Pac-12 is better this year. Dare I say good? Yes. We're not that bad. <laughs> We're not that bad. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, all right, the worst day on the web. Oh, boy, an oldie but a goodie. Some things never change. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. You know, we may have to uh, have a dual conversation here on who's having the worst day on the web because Brandon Sprague just brought something to my attention on Twitter that uh, you may have the worst day on the fan after you answer this question. Uh, What is your truly awful curly fries take? They're overrated. Oh, my gosh. That's not true. They're overrated. You don't believe that, do do you? They're not that great. You think that they're overrated? Curly fries? They're not that great. Oh, my goodness. When was the last time you went out of your way to go get curly fries? Arby's. um, uh, It was a couple months ago. Okay, But the Arby's curly fries, amazing. You You know what you also should get when you go to Arby's? Is a cherry turnover. They're delightful. Never had one. I, oh, they're fantastic. Now, now, I will go to Arby's for a roast beef with some uh, Arby's sauce and some horsey sauce, though. That's what I'm talking about. Whoop. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm not going out of my way for, for curly fries. Curly fries are delicious. Uh, like, they're okay. All right. Okay, well, your day, not as bad as one LeGarrette Blunt's. Um, history repeats itself, and it sure did. As LeGarrette Blunt, former Oregon Duck, 
you may know him as the running back that punched Byron Hout on the field at Boise State. After running for negative yards. In Chip Kelly's very first game as the head coach at the University of Oregon where you saw Mike Bellotti roaming the sidelines and everybody's like, is Chip in over his head? You know, Bellotti, the AD at the time, and is this going to be all doom and gloom? That's also a side note here, a little cliff note. You can go down and look at the very bottom of this page here, and you can read this. Uh, Oregon coaches in their debuts have not gone very well. See Dan Lanning and Chip Kelly. Yeah, they've really gone really yeah. sideways. Yeah, it can go sideways quickly. Hmm. Um, but LeGarrette Blunt punched Byron Houghton. He was suspended until, what was it? Uh, Six games, wasn't it? No. It was more than that. Uh, I don't think he got back in until the Civil War. Was it that long? Mm-hmm. I, I remember when it happened, I wanted him to never play again to Oregon. Really? Yeah. Th- listen, I I don't even if, – if you're going to throw a punch, like that doesn't – like it bothers me, but it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Sucker punching a dude yeah. after you got your yep. absolute backside handed to you mm-hmm. is scumbaggery of scumbaggery. Yeah. Um, well, turns out <laughs> – he did it again. Well, he didn't sucker punch this guy. This guy saw it coming. Oh, well, yeah, no. He, well, this guy definitely yeah, saw it no, coming because he, he yeah. came at LeGarrette Blunt. But here's where it is different. You may be wondering, wow, I didn't know LeGarrette Blunt was still playing in the NFL. Turns out he's not. He's not. He's not playing in the CFL. Mm. He's not playing football. He was coaching a 12-year-old football team in Gilbert, Arizona, he got into a fight with a coach on the opposing team at the handshake line. Remind me again. Where did he get in the last uh, sucker punch fight? Uh, the handshake line. Maybe. It wasn't even a line. It yeah. was just the, on the field. guy came up and said something, whispered something into his ear, and he punched him. This one was in the handshake line. I don't – like, and apparently – The video's bad. Well, the video's bad because I don't care if it's the Garrett Blunt. I don't care who it is. The whole thing in this, and it's like, oh, my gosh, the people are getting their chuckles off of LeGarrette Blunt, who punched him and then apparently chased him. There's another video mm-hmm. of him chasing him on the field later, which uh, this little chubby dude ain't going to outrun LeGarrette Blunt. I can tell you that much. Nope. But LeGarrette Blunt is doing this in front of, like, 12-year-old kids, man. Yeah. And that's the part that sucks. Is like, yeah, the first one was on national television, and like everybody saw it, and it was the the talk of college football and really all of football for the week after. Mm-hmm. It, this is at a youth football game, and it's twelve year old kids that are playing, and this is what happened. This is the worst Come kind on, of man. like we we've been talking about this on and off really the last couple of months. Stuff like this popping up, uh, umpires not being available for baseball mm-hmm. games because people are quitting because they're getting assaulted in the parking lot or something like that. Keep your BS out of the kids' games, man. Like, if you can't yeah. keep it in check, get out. Yeah. Get out. You don't deserve to be there. Um, like, I'm, I'm getting very much uh, grumpy in my old age with yep. this kind of stuff. Like, there's just no room for this. Like, we're already dealing with, like, the specialization in sports where you have these parents who think every kid is going to the league. And I'm just so tired of it. And this... As bad as that is, this is even worse. Like, you have a, a former NFL player who's assaulting people mm-hmm. on a field in a handshake line. Like, everything about this is, is just dumb and wrong. And he has released a statement saying, um, as a leader, coach, father, and a role model, I understand my actions are unacceptable. You think? 
I hope and pray that for your understanding and forgiveness and plan to continue to be a positive impact in the lives of youth. Yeah, no, you don't. Also, at least he didn't drop as a man of faith, but he did add, add the pray in there. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's his version of it. He said, I mean, regardless of, of that, I take full responsibility in my part and plan um, putting myself, not putting myself in those situations. Um, he said that there's more to the footage than, than what was seen. I don't, I don't care what's more to the footage. You took a swing on a guy at a 12-year-old football game line. Like, yeah, I don't think there's much more that we need to see there. Like, and he is a, he's a large man. enormous human yes. being. Like, LeGarrette Blunt is, I remember his first day, I was covering that media day, uh, and I just looked at him and I went, my he's, God. He's he a bigger enormous. Leonard Fournette. That's the thing. Like, and he was so agile. He could huge. jump over people. He could run through you, run around you. Think he of, was in, basically, DJ Johnson as a oof. running back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, parents, be better. Don't be an idiot. And, and, and let like, this is not just a Legarrette Blunt message. This is for everybody that is out there taking your kids' sports far too seriously. Which I had some buddies that were down and, and had kids in the Arizona. They actually moved to Florida, where mm. it's surprisingly worse. worse. But what they do is they take this youth football so seriously, and they play kids in like year-round football. That's not healthy for no. you. It's not. And these are like guys that. You know, former teammates of mine that they know better than this, and it's you're you're putting your kids, you succumb to it, and you're playing them like in these travel football teams in the spring, and then they play football in the fall. It's like, what are we doing here? It's, it, it's you yeah. need to take a backseat and not it, it, let your kid have fun. That's the most important yeah. thing is that they have fun because you're not getting a scholarship at 12 years old uh, playing it for the Gilbert Gators against the elite football team. That was the name of their opponent. Was just the elite. Oh, the elite bears. Of course, it's always something because they got to be elite. Listen, if, if Legarrette LeBlanc wants on, to be man. impactful in the lives of youth, you know what he should do? Stop punching parents. No, he should stop coaching. He should stop being around those kids in this capacity. Wow. If he wants to be impactful, go talk about how stupid you can be in your life in a one second moment, and how it can almost cost you everything. Yeah. You want to be impactful? Go do that, and maybe get some kid to not be an idiot like you. Oh, man. Hmm. Well, 503-250-1080. That's a fan text line. Um, all right. We'll get to more of uh, LeGarrette Blunt and his text messages as we go on. But you know what? We all know when you want to blast somebody, you do it to a streaker, and you better make sure Kevin Harlan's on the call because it happened last night again. Danny Dusty on the fan. Ready, stick, are you? All right, last night in Monday Night Football, uh, which we will dive into that game in its entirety at the top of the hour uh, because we really haven't gotten a chance to talk about Monday Night Football because, uh, I don't know, Merritt Paulson decided to step away from the thorns at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that'll be uh, a little more more prudent, I would say. Um, But lost in the shuffle of the 24-9 beatdown of the Rams at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara was the fact that we had another animal rights activist, uh, I don't know, not streaking, storming the field? Yeah, storming. Storming the field? Yeah, because streaking in, in, in means, you know, naked. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what folks are really getting out of it because uh, I don't... Is anybody going to PETA and donating money? 
Because I don't think so. I don't even. I don't even think the guy was from PETA. He was from some other group. Uh, well, he ran around the field with a uh, pink smoke bomb in his hand, and he was promptly laid out by Bobby Wagner of the Los Angeles Rams and Tack McKinley, who is Tack McKinley. He's the UCLA guy, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he when he got drafted? Didn't he have a picture of like his grandmother with him or something when mm-hmm. he walked on the stage? That was weird. Uh, but this protester got laid out by Bobby Wagner and Tack McKinley. And Kevin Harlan was on the call. And I say Kevin Harlan needs to be on every call for any sort of person running onto the field or thing for that matter. Because he was on for the Monday night game when on Westwood One doing radio when the cat ran on the field at the Meadowlands. And he did the, the, the DHL red zone trip and then he did a touchdown call. Here was Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner giving the best call you could ask for with the animal rights activists on the field. And here comes a stoppage in play because someone has run on the field with a smoke bomb that is pink and he's running up the sideline. Now a couple of rams come over there and make the tackle. Head first into the player who has taken the field. And he's in a cloud of pink smoke, so you can't see him. And now on him are a couple of security guards. Kevin, I think this is becoming a thing. We got the pink smoke coming again. This is one of those gender reveals. Somebody at home's <laughs> having a girl. Now, well, I thought maybe, I thought maybe that the last one we saw was uh, for some animal rights or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think, hey, you think about the way to reveal that you're having a, a, a girl. I'm going to run out on the field at the 49er game and get arrested just so I can let my honey at home know we're having a girl. That guy is headed to the slammer, <laughs> and it will not be a good night. I love that. <laughs> I love Kevin Harlan. You know what? I, I am fully behind number one Kevin Harlan doing all of these. You know what I'm even more behind? Middle linebackers smoking dudes coming onto the field. Yeah, when you go on their field, man, you can get lit up, and I'm not going to feel bad Listen, one bit. You run on a baseball field, you run on a soccer pitch, you run on a football field, you run on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I know everybody's like, oh, we don't need another malice in the palace. My argument, yes, we do. Mm. Uh, the, uh, Wait, viral tic- the viral TikTok clip. Did you just say we need another malice in the palace? I'm just saying. When, you're talking, when I'm talking about people going onto courts. Okay. The, there's a viral TikTok video out there right now where a mathematician does a very particular uh, proof of the more you F around, the more you are likely to find out. That's right. And he shows a linear proof for mm. that growth rate. In that scenario, you F around on an NFL field with some of the biggest, baddest physical specimens on this planet, and you get absolutely yeehawed. Yeah. I have zero Zero pity for you. If some guy left this game missing half his teeth and a broken jaw because a 250-pound yeah. linebacker was like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, like, take treat every single one of these dudes as a threat and smoke them. All 120 pounds of that protester got decluded. Um, but my love, the fact that Kurt Warner goes to gender reveal. Like, he knew. Like, his first, his first one was, you know what, nope, gender reveal, got it. I know exactly what's happening here. She's a big <laughs> Niners fan. And she's watching the game, and he's like, we're having a girl! 
Like, he thought he had that one figured out. Like, he was like, nailed this. Ugh. I know exactly what's happening here. We <laughs> we are having a gender. Is, that comes from a guy with seven children, obviously. Like, he, that is Kurt in Kurt Warner's wheelhouse to a T. Yeah. And it's not the most insane thing to think about. I mean, we've had massive forest fires started by gender <laughs> by reveals. Gender reveals. Yeah. We've had, like, dads shot in the nuts with, like, little, like, hand cannons mm-hmm. that shoot out sparklies due to gender reveals. We've had a lot of things happen due to gender reveals, and I'm here for all of it. Listen, when my wife and I, when we finally cross that bridge, don't do it. there will not be a, a violent gender reveal. It's fantastic. Now, will I watch other people do said stupid things? Absolutely. You know what be really funny? Is if they're actually Rams fans. What do you mean? Why are you taking the shot at the Rams? Well, I mean, just actual Rams fans? There's a lot of Rams fans well, now. Saying. Did you see all 25 of them at the parade that they had no, after I'm, they won the Super Bowl? I was just going to say, but it would be more fun if they were Rams fans because he got a gender reveal. and you know, I mean, he, got, he got a butt whooping twice on the field and off the field. That is very true. That is very true. All right, 503. Two five zero ten eighty. That is the fan text line. Um, oh, the f around and find out uh, graph. Uh, Texture is wondering where that where they can find that. Oh. Uh, we'll put it up on, oh, on at the, Danny and Dusty yeah. on on Twitter. It's it really is. It's the best thing to happen uh, in graphing since the crazy hot matrix. It yeah, truly no, is. That, that, that 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 tracks hundred percent. All right, best math out there. Let's get to hour number three of the radio program. Um, coming up next hour. Is Geno Smith good? But Monday Night Football last night, outside of Bobby Wagner laying out a protester, we had two defenses. One made the plays necessary. The other one is just inches away from making it a game. Danny Dusty on the fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.